Welcome back to the Coffin Lounge podcast. I'm your host, Vampire Kitten, and today we are going to do an AMA. The reason why I kind of want to do an AMA is because I wanted you to all get a little bit of insight on who I am and kind of why I sort of started this podcast journey. I always found that things that are dark and spooky, mysterious, paranormal, metaphysical, so on and so forth, um, interesting in my life. They've been a major part of my life for a really long time. And I have been wanting to do a podcast for a while, but didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. So I kind of had to look around to see what sort of topics there were, try to find some really interesting niche. And I sort of kind of developed the podcast from all of that idea. Um, the idea is that I essentially wanted to show people that there is beauty and darkness and that there are really cool people that exist there and really interesting um, people who do really interesting jobs and so on and so forth. Essentially, I want to highlight the weird and I want people to appreciate these things as much as I do, um, whether or not you agree with some of my guests is kind of irrelevant um my i'm not here to argue with anybody i'm not here to fight with anybody i'm not here to do anything other than highlight people and the interesting things that they do we are all on this planet and we are all very different and we are all entitled to our opinions and we are all entitled to the things that we want to do and I just want to give people a voice. I want to give people an outlet to express themselves. That's kind of one of the reasons why I wanted to start this podcast is because there wasn't anything like it. There are goth podcasts. There's kind of vampire podcasts, even though they're mostly like fanfic. Um, there aren't real podcasts highlighting real life things. At least not enough of them. There are tons of paranormal podcasts. Super cool. You know, that's that's great and all. But I want to talk about different cultures. <clears throat> um, so essentially, that's what I kind of started doing here. When I started this, I had kind of fallen out of the vampire community. I've fallen out of the paranormal community. I've fallen out of sort of even in touch with my own like spiritual practice i'm pagan um and for about i guess a really long long period of my life i had not really practiced or researched or done a whole lot of stuff with those realms so i kind of was get disconnected when i restarted this podcast i think it's interesting coming back into it now several years later eight to ten years later looking at how the communities have grown how subcultures in themselves have evolved and I think it's really cool and interesting I one of my original I guess you could say one of the first jobs I ever had like real people jobs I ever had I I actually worked for a paranormal podcast uh it was like a paranormal podcast station called planet paranormal and that was started to sort of syndicate podcasts from people like the ghost hunters uh which was jason and grant at the time that was 
to sort of highlight things like Erica Frost. And we also had, uh, I think we had Chris Fleming from the His History Channel. We had a, we had a whole bunch of, of syndicated paranormal podcasts that all came through our website, through RSS feeds. And some of those I helped record. Some of those we just syndicated. Some of those we just wanted to promote um, because it was new. When we had started Planet Paranormal, it was sort of like the start of any sort of paranormal podcast like on the internet. There wasn't anything else. Like the, everything was scattered, but there really wasn't a lot as far as what we were trying to do. When it comes to the paranormal, I have been involved for, oh gosh, since I was like 18. Um, and I could legally go out there and kind of just like investigate. We were, well, I and one of my exes at the time, we were involved with a group called the Southern California Paranormal Society. And so we were doing investigations on top of like working every week. And then we'd go and do investigations at night. And then we'd go and do investigations on the weekends. So when we started doing all of that, again, because it was, I'm like dating myself, because it was so long ago, there weren't things like EMF readers, like the, the typical ones you see with the, the five lights on the top. There weren't, there wasn't anything. It was, we were using security system cameras and tape recorders and little mini DVs and like nothing. There was no real like ghost hunting technology at the time. So I f the way things have evolved based off of my last conversation, my last podcast with Michelle Bellinger, um, it's sort of given me new things to explore. I've gotten to talk about all these things and research them and learn a lot about things that are current. And it's been a really interesting journey for me so far. This is episode 17. And I have done so many podcasts off on so many things and i feel like i haven't even scratched the surface i thought oh you know maybe i can do a handful see see where it goes see where it takes me but now i want more like i really want more and i want to interview really interesting people who i don't know like one of a kind people i think that would be my goal right so I'm doing this podcast. There's a lot of a lot of people that do ghost hunting. There's a lot of people that do, you know, Reiki healing, so on, so for DJs, so on, so forth. But I want to talk to those people who have sort of broken free from the typical, I guess, groups. They're like I want to I want to talk to people who have invented. I want to talk to people who are breaking boundaries and this goes back to me saying you know i can't i guess us as listeners you guys it's everything in this realm is subjective right you you're never going to 100 percent agree with the guests there will be guests that you probably think are crazy but i have them on the show because i am interested to see what they have to say do I agree with everyone that I have had on this show? No. And I feel like that's a big point that I should make. 
there are certain times where I have wanted to make comments on things where I just don't because I don't need to. I'm bringing these people on to tell their story and I don't need to make comments about what they do because it's what they do. That's what they do for a living. I think it's important that we allow people to express themselves. And I think it's important that we learn from that expression. If people are like wrong, wrong, 100% wrong, it's one thing. But when people are creating art or creating um, literature or doing things that break the boundaries of societal confines such as ghost hunting or own a witch shop or what have you or do naked aerial art or suspension things like that that really test the boundaries of not only humanity but people's opinions i think that we need to as a listener base just take it in because they're, people are going to keep doing what they're doing because it, they enjoy it. It makes them happy. And I think that we need to appreciate that. Um, I know I'm kind of rambling on a little bit, but I've had some interesting comments on some of my videos lately. So I kind of wanted to touch on that. Um, I know it's kind of a weird sort of thing to open with, but... I guess essentially what I'm saying is have a listen. If you don't agree, cool. But people aren't going to change their lives because you have an opinion. And I think that's important to remember overall. Like if people, if I was going to change my life because people have an opinion about how I look, right? I don't know that I could, that's, that's not me speaking my truth, right? If you don't like the way I look, and I'm speaking my truth by looking the way I look. It really doesn't matter what you think. <laughs> like, at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. I, the way I look, the way I present myself is not affecting you in your life. I am not hurting anyone. Therefore, maybe just live with that. You know, people, I've, this is also kind of me piggybacking on, on, on people just fighting on the internet all day. Like, I'm kind of exhausted. I'm a little burnt out by it. I'm so sorry. We will move on. But I did want to mention some of that because it is kind of important as we move forward into stranger and stranger guests and more interesting people. Um, and if you don't like somebody or you you think that someone is wrong, please present the facts. Don't just say, oh, they're this or that or this or that without the facts, because I need to see facts like I am. <laughs> I'm a very fact driven person. If you say, this person's a bad person, I need facts. I'm, I'm a fact-finding individual, and I need facts. Thank you. I wrote down some questions for myself. One of those questions that I wrote down this morning was, what makes me qualified to do a podcast like this? I have worked in a lot of these realms for a very long time. I was formerly, formerly a part of a lot of vampire community inner circle stuff. I was formerly a part of a lot of paranormal investigation stuff. Um, 
And I am a most of my life practicing pagan. Um, the things, and, and I've been part of subcultures since I left high school, basically. Um, I have learned a lot about a lot of things and I, I am not an expert in things. I am learning alongside you, but I think I am qualified enough to sort through the bullshit of people that want to come on the show and spout nonsense. So when I book my guests, I vet them and I make sure they're worth talking to. Sure, some are friends of mine who I find absolutely fascinating. If I have friends on my on my podcast, I find them fascinating as fuck. But anybody, anyone else that sort of reaches out to me in, in the capacity of, hey, I would like to be on your podcast. Hey, interview me. I am cool with that so long as you meet certain criteria for my podcast. So I do a lot of research when I book my guests or there are people that I follow that I find interesting. Um, when I book my guests, I run through the whole gamut of let me look at their social media. Let me look at their projects. Let me listen to their music. Let me watch their, their films. Let me watch their interviews. Let me see their hosting gigs. I go through the whole gamut. If I'm not going to just have somebody on the show and I don't know anything about them. That's not how I roll. When I have someone on the show, I want to make sure that what they are doing is what I think you would be interested in as a listener. So if if people are interested in coming on the show, I want you to keep that in mind. Um, I would love to have you. I would love to talk to you. Uh, but I am going to, you know, I'm going to do some research. I'm not going to, I'm not going to just be like, hey, come, welcome to the show. Tell me what it's, a, tell me who you are, blah, blah, blah. Pick somebody up off the street because that's not how this goes. So when, when I started this, I didn't expect it to receive the interest that has, it has received so far. You guys, I do need to thank you. You have been an incredible group, community of listeners that I out the gate, I wasn't expecting things to be as positive as they are because I understand how I look. I understand how people perceive people in these subcultures. And I fully expected that we would just be trolled right out the gate. Like, I did not expect the reception that we had received just by new listeners, people who were just interested in what I had to say and what other people had to say. So I do want to take a moment. I do want to thank you for being a freaking awesome community of people who have supported me so far. Thank you to everyone who has shared the show, um, commented on the show, watched the show. Every little bit counts. Whether or not you liked content, every little bit counts. So I appreciate you. And I say that from the bottom and top of my heart in my in my dark little soul that I do appreciate every single one of you. I 
I try to treat people how I want to be treated in life. And I think it's a very important thing that we express kindness to others. Um, and it's kind of my, it's kind of part of my love language, I guess, is saying thank you and being humble and appreciative of the things that people do for me. And as an individual, you have all taken a time, or as individuals, you have taken time to listen to the stories that I have presented to you. And I think that is, I think that's so rad. Um, and I appreciate you. Like, seriously, <laughs> um, I can't really say it enough. So I, am, I do have a handful of questions that I received for my AMA type stuff. I'm going to elaborate on some of them. I'll probably go a little bit deeper into them because I don't have a ton of questions, but I do have some. Most of my comments were comments. They weren't really questions for me specifically. Um, I would also like to take this time to mention, I do have a Discord community. It's called the Vamp Pack. The Vamp Pack has just received a full overhaul and I have included a section for the Coffin Lounge specifically. Episode discussions. AMA, so you can ask me questions that could potentially be on the show. And there are uh, suggestions for the show. So you can submit guests. I will reach out. Can't 100% guarantee, but you know, it's something to think about. So if you want to join the Vamp Pack on Discord, uh, the link will be in the description of this podcast. And we would love to have you. I would also like to take this time to mention that I have, if you would like to support the show, I have a $3 tier on Patreon. That $3 tier gets you any and all bonus content that I will be putting out from each of the shows. I have a bunch of stuff that I need to get up. I have, I have a couple pieces out there right now. Um, you're also gonna get some inside looks at certain things that I'm working on. $3, $3. That's all it takes to support this podcast. So if you're interested in supporting this podcast monthly, three bucks. That's it. And, and you get bonus content. So something to consider. I would appreciate it if you at least looked at it. Um, and thank you for spreading the word and sharing with your friends because, uh, I can't do this without you guys. So, um, the first question that I received actually, because actually I have received this a few times, but specifically from John, he asked me what brand my headset is. My headset is a Corsair virtuoso. I love this headset because it has, I don't like having my mic in my face. So it has an attachable detachable sort of mic extension to it that I love so much. And the audio was amazing on this headset. I have gone through one and the ear pads do kind of get funky after a little time, but I have replaced them. Um, love this headset. It has some issues with connection. Um, I don't even, take it off of uh, wireless anymore. I don't even put it on like a plug anymore because it's not, there's no reason to. Once I stopped doing that, um, the whole thing started working much better. Love my headset, Corsair Virtuoso. Everything that I talk about on the show today, I'll also put in the description. Um, I have a few questions from Miranda. Um, Miranda asked what my favorite color is. My favorite color is actually green, but like not like a normal green, like the green, like the neon 
yellow green is like my favorite color ever. But it has to be like, <laughs> I'm very bougie about this green. It has to be like a green that is more slime and less yellow. Like it can't be like highlighter yellow. It has to be like fluorescent slime, like Nickelodeon slime green, but like with a little bit more yellow in it. Hopefully you know what I'm talking about. I know it's very specific. That is my favorite color. Um, I also do love just generally any shade of green. Green is great. It's my favorite. Um, that's why I had my hair green for a really long time. But um, <laughs> the problem with green hair on a green screen is that I get space hair. So my hair tends to like to be like television fuzz when I have it green for my podcast or my streaming purposes. So that's fun. <laughs> so Miranda also asked what my favorite dinosaur is. Um, I guess this is sort of like a getting to know you podcast, so this works great. Dinosaur. Um, favorite dinosaur. That's really hard because I love all dinosaurs. I wanted to be a paleontologist when I was a kid and I just loved all of them so much. I'd have to say, I mean, everybody always says the T-Rex and the... Like, I love the Velociraptor. I think the Velociraptor is great. I really like a dinosaur. Actually, I do have a favorite. I like a dinosaur called Arcteopteryx. I'm pretty sure that's how you say it. Arcteopteryx. I hope that I hope I'm saying it correctly. But um, basically, it's like a giant. It looks like a phoenix. It's like a big fluffy bird dinosaur that I think is so cool. Um... That's one, probably one of my favorite dinosaurs. If I had to pick, if I had to pick a dinosaur, a single dinosaur, Ar Arcteopteryx is probably my favorite. Oh, like I said, I hope I'm saying that correctly. I may be saying that wrong, but yes, that's a thing. So, um, I have a question from Samuel. Samuel. Uh, he says, "How do vampire have different eye colors you uh than yours? I've seen red and blue and sometimes green." So I think it's, um, I know a lot of vampires in movies tend to have red eyes or blue eyes, um, or sometimes white. In, in film and television, they tend to have a lot of kind of generic goth eye colors. Vampire the Masquerade's the same generic kind of goth eye colors. Um, they're for, when I do my, when I wear my contacts, <clears throat> with my vampire persona because that's kind of what this is when I do these podcasts or when I'm streaming or whatever or doing photography doing modeling whatever I have two rules about my contacts usually for the podcast I've been I've kind of been a little loosey-goosey with those rules and I just wear whatever I think is cute for the day but when I I have kind of for when it, I'm going out I have I have two contact rules Vampire Kitten, my <clears throat> overall style. Yellow eyes are for night. Red eyes are for during the day. So when I'm out during the day doing day events, doing conventions, blah, 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 blah. Typically, I will wear red contacts above all. When I'm doing nighttime events or streaming or whatever, I tend to try to lean more towards yellow eyes. Why did I start doing that? Don't know. I just figure the change in color for the change in day versus night is important somehow. 
Um, that's just kind of where my brain has gone. I tend to like the yellow eyes a lot more because my... I tend to be a little bit more primal when it comes to my vampire look than a lot of others. Um, and I like it. I like, I think the yellow eyes look the best on me. So that's kind of why I sort of lean towards that. It comes down to when there's a lot of vampire creators online, it comes down to their personal preference and what they like to do. Some of them don't wear contacts at all. Um, but I have seen a lot more yellow lately than like Celine blue or I've seen some purples, you know, it really just depends on personal preference, what they want their vampire Sona to look like or be, I guess. What country am I from? Says Kathy. Well, I am from the United States of America. Uh, I am originally from Southern California and uh, I was born in Orange County area. So there's that. Um, but I spent a lot of my life uh, living in the high desert. So I am a desert person and <laughs> from Southern California. So the next question is, what are my thoughts on tabletop role-playing? And that is from Alex. Uh, so I, I haven't had a lot of experience with tabletop role-playing. It's something that I want to do. We actually just started a D&D campaign with my roleplay server. Uh, we So we do primarily like 5M, like GTA roleplay and like other games. But we just recently started a branch to like try out of our server. So it's Fate Roleplay T, uh, TTRPG. So we just got a lovely community member, community member to host a very small D&D game with our community. It's like a um, one-shot type thing, and it's only going to be for a short time. But we're trying it out to see how it goes. And I have my character created. Session zero was last week. So we're going to start session one soon. And we're really excited about it. I've had, I've had some experience with Pathfinder. I've had a little experience with D&D. Not a ton because whenever I start something, we'd go for a couple of times and then I'd, everybody would just stop meeting. It's really hard. And this was before COVID. So it's like really hard to sort of meet with people and keep it consistent when you're a bunch of adults who have a lot of life happening all at one time. I don't have a lot of thoughts on it. I think it's cool. I think the concept is cool. I really want to get into it because I do love role playing like as a character on our 5M server, but I haven't had a chance to really experience like a D&D campaign or Vampire the Masquerade. I, like I would love to join a Vampire the Masquerade campaign at some point. So that would be super fun. Um, I just generally love gaming. So kind of anything you throw at me, I'm, I'm kind of into. <laughs> Tarja, I hope I'm saying that correctly, asked, what kind of connections do you have with vampires outside of the United States? Your YouTube channel has been really interesting because here in Finland, there are no similar vampire culture. Uh, or I don't know about it because I'm an introvert. I was once amused when a person sent me a message with the opinion that only vampires only exist in America. So the vampire community, the vampire culture as as it stands now, there are a lot um, outside of the US. You just have to find them. So 
look on Facebook, look in local groups. You, I don't know if you have like a meetup type or event type thing. They they do exist. Um, I know that there are endless nights in Paris. Um, there are a good amount of groups in Europe. I have recently heard of a big group in uh, Australia. Um, they're all over the place. You just have to look. You have to probably look around and find and see if you can make some connections. Maybe try Reddit. I would say try, um, you know, just just message boards in general. See if you can't find any that are local. I know that Europe has a lot of vampire community in it. It's just finding it is the hard part. Quamaine asked... Two questions about Vampire the Masquerade. Have you played... Oh, wait. I'm curious to hear your opinion for the new Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2. Are you satisfied with the current clans that they have available? Or would you like to add a different clan? And then the other part of that question is, have you played the Vampire the Masquerade card game? So when it comes to Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2, I actually have not been looking at it because... <laughs> I didn't want to be disappointed if the game never came out. So I kind of have stayed away from knowing too much about it. I've seen like two trailers. I've kind of kept up with the news on if they were releasing it or not. Um, as it stands now, I'm gangrel through and through. So I can't really... I can't really say I would want more clans. If you're talking about like more of the like... Clans that are like in other cultures um like across the world type clans i mean that would be cool to see them included um i mean i would love to see more than what was in blood bloodlines the original that would be super cool but like like i said i don't really know a ton about the game am i excited for that for the game yes i am super duper excited for the game we we really need a i hope it's good i hope it lives up to my expectations because bloodlines the original is so good and I've played it a few times on my stream and I really enjoy it and I have it modded and everything and it's lovely. Um, I would like to, I would like to see that it just does the original justice, you know, at this point, cause, and I, I would like the game released at this point too. <laughs> as far as the card game, no, I have not played the card game. I didn't actually know that the card game existed. So there's that. Um, Blix asked, have you ever had dreams of vampire flight or places far off in ancient future? No, um, I have, well, maybe flight. No, not really. I don't think, I don't have like flying dreams. I've never been like a, hey, I want to fly. I always have like, I always have like jumping dreams. Like I can jump really far and really fast and like long distances. And like that's, those are the dreams that I have. Like I don't think I've ever had the desire to like want to fly. And I don't, and I think that that's also been expressed through my dreams that like even my dreams are like, eh, flying stresses me out. Like legitimately stresses me out. So if I do have like a flight dream, I'm probably stressed out. <laughs> um, have I have I had dreams about far off uh, places in or in ancient or in ancient or future? Um, 
No. A lot of my dreams, I know this is super weird, a lot of my dreams are like some sort of horror dreams. So I like I have, I have like zombie dreams a lot. Like like Walking Dead kind of style where I'm like survive like survival zombie dreams. So I have those a lot. Um I have a lot of dreams where I'm protecting my loved ones, but I'm usually like a monster. Like it and like it could be any monster. Like it could be I could be a werewolf or like a swamp thing or whatever. But I'm always like a creature in my dreams. I like more often than not, I in my dreams I am a monster or I can shape shift, and that is usually what my dreams are. And it's like me trying to protect someone in my family or someone I care about. That's a lot of my dreams. It's not like I don't have like prophetic dreams at all or anything of like about the past. I've never really had those kinds of dreams. If I have anything, they're usually pretty current or they're like me running through the woods. You know, like <laughs> that's that's those are the gist of my dreams. So I don't really have I know that's kind of a weird thing, but I don't really have those kinds of dreams. Um John asked, what is your favorite part of Ren Fair? Ren like Renaissance Fair. Oh boy, I have so many. Um, one of my favorites is um I love I love the artisans. I just I love dressing up too and just participating and being part of that world for like a day. Um, I love seeing the shows. It's there's just too many to name that are my favorite. Um, I love weird drinks. I love getting drunk at Renaissance Fair and I love yelling at people who are knocking each other off of horses. I love dressing up. I love just being involved in like storylines. It's like it's like medieval LARPing almost. <laughs> no, but I, I really do. Um. I love everything about Renaissance Fair and I what I what I truly love most about Renaissance Fair is the shopping that I have done because you can't get that quality of stuff anymore. It's all like handmade and tooled and hammered and you know tanned and you just you really can't compare the quality of artisan crafts with anything that is on the market today, like mass produced. You know what I mean? So that's probably my favorite is getting to see like artisan crafts and like being able to purchase things and have those things and they last forever and they last forever. So that's probably my favorite part of Renaissance Fair. I will always have the AMA questions available if you would like to submit some, you are totally welcome to. I'll post it periodically. The I want to sort of touch a little bit more about who I am as a person. Um, I know a lot of people have not really heard of me or they're like, who is this person coming into our subcultures? Because I did take such a long break. There are some people that do remember the things that I do have done, but not a lot of people. A lot of people are now first like getting to know me a little bit more. So I sort of wanted to do this AMA as a way for you to kind of get to know me a little bit better because you're just like oh who's vampire kitten who is vampire kitten and why does she why does she feel that she is you know could be a host like who is this host person um <laughs> and the answer is uh i just
just wanted to. Um, I, I'm a streamer. I'm a YouTuber. I am a content creator. I'm an artist. First and foremost, above all, I, I love making art. I have a small business. It's called Omniferal. It is a combination of a fantastical costume store mixed with a little bit of a, like a witch metaphysical kind of pagan store. It's got a little bit of everything. Things that I make, um, wearable art and art, useful functional art for those who are witchy, pagan, um, so on and so forth. Just divination, metaphysical type stuff. A lot of the stuff that's in my store I make or I source from small businesses around the country. I I am a big cheerleader, big supporter of small businesses. I think that if with the direction the economy is going, small businesses are being the most hurt. So I really want to support them in that manner. Basically, that's a little bit about what I'm currently doing project-wise. Um, I have been kind of taking a little step back from streaming, mostly because I have been really busy with all of the like local stuff that I've been working on. And I have been putting a lot of time and energy into my store. Um, my store has, it has grown a lot in the last year, actually last, yeah, last two years. It's ever since I moved and changed the name, it's been kind of, it's just been kind of blowing up. And so I have been really focused on getting a lot of that stuff done too. Owning a small business is super hard. <laughs> I don't think that people realize how much work goes into it because you are, you're not only your own boss, but you're also marketing, your social media, you're uh, a creator, you're an artist, you're a photographer, you're all of these things that it just becomes a big giant umbrella of being, of what being an owner of a small business means. And to anybody that's listening that, that like, does own a small business you guys are killing it you're really killing it because <laughs> running a business is not easy it is a very difficult task i'm doing the podcast i'm also doing a small business i also am doing local events so it's just and i'm streaming and making content and still trying to do all of that i am my own boss in like four different ways and it is it's exhausting and so anybody that has a small business, I believe in you, I appreciate you, and you can do the thing because it is very hard. And I feel like some people just need that motivation to sort of continue, you know? So even if you have to clip me saying, you can do the thing, clip me saying, you can do the thing because you can do the thing, I believe in you. I do. Um, and I have to believe in me too because if I don't, I don't know. Things are crazy in my life. Um, I think they're crazy in a lot of people's lives right now, though, too. I also did want to mention something. If you do join the Vamp Pack on Discord, we are doing movie night Mondays. They're called Movie Morgue Mondays, where we are talking about horror movies a lot. I love horror movies. I also love gaming. I love them equally. And I have blended now gaming and horror movies both on my Discord. So the movie morgue is basically a bunch of us getting together on Monday to stream 
films we want to watch and talk about. The, like, I want to see the one that we watched this Monday one. I have a list. If you go to the Discord, it's all on there. There's a list of things that we have previously watched. The next one we're going to do is Zombievers and um, this one called Roar, which I actually found out recently in, I think it was like 1979, something like that. Um, a couple, actually 1981, a couple, a rich filmmaker couple uh, decided that they, they have a collect, they had a collection of animals, illegally owned animals. So they had like a bunch of lions and a jaguar and some tigers and they had like random other animals that were like mixed into this like zoo at their mansion in in Hollywood, I think. Um, so basically, this couple decided they wanted to make a movie with all of these untrained fucking wild animals. And so this movie called Roar came out in 1981 and essentially... Half of the actors and actresses on the film almost got seriously hurt. From, well, they got seriously hurt, but they almost died just having to deal with these like untrained jungle animals for I think they it took them like three or four years to make this movie because of the injuries they kept having. <laughs> and so that is one of the movies that we're going to watch on Monday, next Monday. Um, and I say next Monday, that would be Monday, January 29th. So... Um, Essentially, we kind of come up with a theme weekly and we watch movies as a community and discuss them. So if you are interested in horror movies, we would love to have you. Some of the ones that we watched pretty recently, we've been we've been looking into. Uh, we, we've actually been just watching a bunch of them. There is a family that makes horror. They're called the Adams Family, but they're the Adams Family with one D, not two Ds like, you know, Morticia and Gomez. Basically. It's a husband, a wife, and a daughter who is in college. Um, and I think, I believe during COVID, the story goes that they started making these movies together. Well, they've made a bunch of them now. And they're called the Adams Family Movies. But we have recently watched a couple of them. Um, Hellbender was one of them. We watched um, another one called Where the Devil Roams. Basically, it... So Hellbender was a movie about witches where the devil roams. Um, a family of murderous sideshow performers traveled around the country uh, with a dying carnival circuit. And a bunch of weird things started happening. And basically, they made a deal with the devil. It was very interesting. There was also another one called The Deeper You Dig. And all of these movies that we have been watching, we've kind of been sort of dissecting them a little bit in our discussions but they were all made by this family and i think it's really cool that they act they direct they write in all of these films and they're all very different and unique and fun so if you're looking for a new interesting series and you're kind of into horror i highly recommend going and looking at their films they have a lot of them now very fun um but I also hope you join us for our movie, our movie morgue Mondays, because it's a lot of fun. Even when I'm not streaming, we're still doing movies once a week. If there's a holiday, we usually move it to Tuesday. So that's that's something to keep an eye out for something that I'm also kind of involved in. So besides horror, 
I am also a gamer. I'm a streamer. I stream video games. It, it, right now, I'm only doing it once a week, but I'm going to start be start getting back into video games a lot more. Um, you can also see some of my past stuff on YouTube. Uh, my YouTube channel is Vampire Kitten TV. I have been a lifelong gamer, and it's a huge part of my life. Before I started streaming and all of this stuff and even getting into the career path that I have currently chosen for myself, I was in actively working in the video game industry for 14 plus years. I started at GameStop. I was interning with a bunch of gaming media websites and uh, writing articles about video games, basically. I was being sent to conventions and like E3 and and like local little things uh, to write articles about them and new games coming out. So when I went from that to other things, I started hosting and I started doing interesting things. I eventually made my way like into the video game industry just by simply interning. When I started in my career path for social media and community management in video games, social media was such a new thing that you weren't required to be you weren't required to have a bachelor's degree in communications to do my job when it first came out now in order to do my job you have to have bachelor's degree or equivalent experience so on and so forth times have changed a lot which i don't understand why you need a bachelor's degree to do community management like that doesn't make any sense to me but i digress um have been involved in the games industry for the majority of my life, my, the majority of my working business. When I left the games industry, I kind of moved mostly because I moved to New Jersey. Um, and I and I started doing e-commerce after that for the majority of my, my working life. Um, I have been trying to get back into games and I realized I just really like streaming. I, I enjoy playing games a lot more now. Um, I didn't have a lot of time to play games when I worked in the games industry. So when I started the GTA server and really started getting more into streaming during COVID, I realized that not did I, not only did I make something cool for myself, but I made something cool for a community of people who needed it most, right? So I built this community, I started this community did a lot of development work, learned how to code, and got really into role-playing. And then I met someone who became my best friend. And so without going into the details, I ended up moving in with him at some point. And we have been together ever since. So that is also... Gaming has been a positive force on my life for so long and it's brought me to my friends and my partner and the communities that I'm part of and I think that's pretty cool for being just like well I guess it was a career turned hobby <laughs> like retired from the games industry but still doing game stuff as more of a hobby um I want to I want to grow our role play server I want it to be self-sustaining I don't want to 
I don't want to see it fail because it means a lot to so many people and it means a lot to me. It's kind of between where me and my partner met, but it's also brought a lot of people together and having gaming friends is so important because those are the people, <laughs> I know it's weird, but those are the people that I lean on the most. I talk to them every single day, you know, I communicate with them most of the week. If we don't talk to each other, we turn around and check in on each other, you know, like it's, it's really interesting to have communication with people like that more so than family sometimes and you've never actually met them some of them i have met like i have gone out of my way that like when i was traveling i did go meet up with some of them so i have met some of my community but not enough to go hey these are people that i talk to every day and i've never even been in the same room with you before you know um that's kind of why gaming is so important to me these days I don't know why gaming became such a big deal to me. Um, I was kind of obsessed with it when I was little. My grandpa gave me a Commodore 64. And I thought it was a computer, which it technically kind of is a computer. But when I received that when I was a kid, I didn't know what I had. I just thought it was this like cool thing, right? I didn't know it how it functioned. I didn't know what it really was. But as technology started changing, um cuz when my grandpa gave me that, I think the first Nintendo was already out. When the gaming environment started changing, we got the Nintendo or well the Atari, we got the Su Nintendo, Super Nintendo. Sega Genesis, we had the um, the Jaguar, we had, as things started progressing, coming out more and more and more and more polygons were coming out. I just realized how important gaming was to me. It is what kept my family together. It is what kept me from staying out of, you know, shitty shitty things that I shouldn't have been part of during high school or junior high like it kept me safe gaming has done a lot for my life and I like of above all of all the things in my life gaming is probably the most important I know not a lot of people can say that I know a lot of people it's just like whatever it's just video games but looking back at my career and the things games have done for me and the people that have brought me I have brought been brought to and together with through video gaming it is definitely very important to me um so that's kind of a little bit about me gaming and horror and just generally been involved in some really crazy stuff my life in my life and uh I hope that you like the coffin lounge i really do it it means a lot to me that you are all listening and i'm gonna get a little a little mushy again but i didn't expect that it was going this direction and this path has been really fun um if you like my podcast if you could let your friends know about it 
I would appreciate it. If you have a guest for the show or you're interested in being a guest for the show, reach out. I am fully syndicated now on so many different things. If you go to thecoffinlounge.com, you can find where you listen to your favorite podcasts. If you're enough, if your favorite podcast is not on there, send me a message, send me an email, say, hey, can you syndicate here too? I have no problem doing that. Just let me know. If you have any suggestions for the show or any questions for me, please join the Vamp Pack Discord. The Coffin Lounge information is all on there. We have a whole section now where we can discuss episodes together. We can talk about new things that are out and we can possibly discuss them on the show. We can talk about guests that you'd like to see. I can't promise anything, but you know, we could try. So thank you all for listening today for my first little AMA. I promise this will get a lot better. This was probably a little weird and kind of, I've never done a full podcast where it was just me talking for 45 minutes. I do it on my stream, but typically I have people talking to me. So just talking by myself has been an interesting experience to say the least. Um, thank you all for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. You can follow me anywhere on the internet under at vampire kitten if someone took my name it's probably at vampire kitten tv so thank you all for listening and i hope you have a great rest of your day night evening wherever you may be i appreciate you again i'm gonna say it like a fifth or sixth time appreciate you appreciate you appreciate you i am truly humbled that you all listen to me and the things i have to say and i will see you on the next one Bye bye